0: So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers.
1: Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Hosers. My name is Chris Killingsworth. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Carter Lupel. Carter, what's going on, man? How's it going, Chris? Uh, you know, same same as always. Just, uh, you know, went out for dinner with the family. Glad that we're, you know, recording a bit later than we normally would, but I'm, you know, happy to Way be past here. bedtime. <laughs> Dude, I go to bed whenever I want. I'm an adult. But yeah, you're probably right. What's uh, what's going on? How did the job interview go today, man? Wasn't
0: too bad. Um, it was a two and a half hour interview. I was there all afternoon. That's was, gross. Uh, yeah, so I won't drag you into it, but it went very well. Um, they have a job for me, so they're just putting together a contract offer.
1: Carter is wearing a real, real old. It's the is that the Kachina jersey? Is that how you say it? Looks like I
0: have no it. Idea. Uh, Tim, how do
2: you how do you describe it? What is it? That is the Kachina, uh, nineteen ninety six inaugural home. The old, that, the old starter? The old starter. Oh, I got one of those dirty ones in the closet. Hold oh, on. Where's the uh, Western Conference? Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Carter is just the master at uh, introducing our guest by just being like, "Well, what do you think, Tim?" Uh,
0: no, so now we're now that that's like we're we're alluding to there's somebody else here, and now we can. For sure, welcome Tim Watt of the episode. Um, Chris, Tim, and myself are kind of speaking about how we always kind of land back uh, under the Coyotes, and Tim is a devout Yotes fan, so we brought Tim on today. Tim, how's it going? Great, man. Just living it up, living it up on this nice win streak. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we're going to get to that a little later, so save your uh,
2: your comments um, and your syllabus. I'm saving it <laughs> You're letting it ferment, huh? You you let me you let me go when you want me to go, bud. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll cut the leash.
0: Don't worry. Every time, uh, like Tim, Chris, or myself has crossed crossed paths, from what I can remember, I think I've always seen you in a coyote's hat. Have
2: Have you ever taken that <laughs> hat off? <laughs> or do you well, have different? There are multiple ones. I have a few. I have a few. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got a few. Some of them. One's a little more business casual you know so it really depends on who I, the party in question i'm, I'm okay no, no doubt no doubt um
0: so i guess what we were really celebrating or we wanted this show to celebrate um not just like like hockey analytics or like prospects coming up the gun or anything like that but we really thought it was special like everyone has a unique story of why they love the game what like kind of got them into it, what kept them into it and what team is like most special to them. Like as the game's evolving, people start to be player followers and like league fans rather than team fans. But everyone always has that one team and you've undoubtedly been one of the most consistent (laughs) team fans that I've, uh, I I have a lot of respect for that, especially for the, the moves that they've been making over the past few years. Um, interesting and hurtful alike <laughs> but what uh, what got you into the coyotes in the first place like what's your earliest memories
2: uh earliest memory i was at my ch- one of my childhood homes and i snuck into the living room because i couldn't sleep and my dad was watching a game and it was the leafs game because he's a big leafs fan yeah um and, uh, it must've been, it must've been super late cause it was probably like a West Coast game. And, uh, cause all the, everyone's, all the ones in Arizona usually start at nine. <laughs> and, uh, he, uh, and, and he was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, I you can watch me if you want. I was like, who are these guys? The jerseys are like wild. He's like, oh, the coyotes. And I just, I had this dog infatuation when I was a kid. So you gotta realize, like, I was born in 92. So... This is probably super early on after they moved from Winnipeg. Yeah, Um, yeah, would have been. You know, with with Ronick and everything. Oh yeah, dude, Ronick Kachuk to this day is my favorite player of all time. The, the, the um, what's it called? So I just, I I'm a kid. I'm I like dogs. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. I just grew up and I and I always like the game and like you know, just get more immersed in it. I start watching. Uh, I start watching the moves more and I start you know, getting into it and then you know when I when I'm in a in a position where it's like oh like there's hockey video games now and there's more hockey like I'm watching hockey my own time and um, I just couldn't not l- watch this team play or follow them and, yeah well they made some pretty big waves like like throughout the mid to late 90s oh yeah they, they were they were a great team you know like there's there's a lot of players that you could name. Um, that were not just great in terms of our history, but just like great in terms, of, like you know, like I said, Kachuk, uh, Roenick, Tepo Newman, one of the, one of the greater defensemen. I yeah. thought watching, yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was unreal. Uh, yeah, and the, and just you know, like I would, I would get really attached to these, like whatever, like Ladislav Nagy was one of my favorite players for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's just one of those things. Like it was a lot of people. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, they grow up and they go, "Oh yeah, uh, like big Leafs fans will tell you, like, oh, I remember like uh, Nick Antropov, like he was my favorite for a while, you know, like just it's one of those things. You you like something enough, where you just want to know everything about it. Yeah. So and that was that was me. I'm a I'm just like a nerd. If I like something, like I just just I just have to know everything about it. So. And um, yeah, I can't, I've never been more insanely like happy in my life than the 2012 uh, Western Conference Final like run. Like, oh man, against the Kings. <laughs> Jesus, that was that was probably some of the most exciting hockey. I've never I've lost my voice screaming in that in that Nashville series. Just like alone. Like, are you? Because you're you're the only Coyotes fan I know. Is it? I would be. Or I would be. At Joe's down the street in a room full of <laughs> whoever they're playing fans. <laughs> yeah, and that and that. Uh, uh, what's it called? The the Blackhawk series was uh, probably also one of the like crazy, the craziest games I've ever seen. Just the people get mad at you when. When you like a team that's beating their widely accepted one, so.
1: But that's what's so cool about it, like, and, and that's like something I've always admired about you, Tim, is that
2: <clears throat>
1: I'm sure there's other teams and storylines and players that you like, but you've all, as long as I've known you, you've always been a Coyotes fan, and I, I think, you know, it's it's easy for people to jump on and off bandwagons and, and and things like that, and I like you know just what you said about you're a kid and. I talked about it on the first episode, like my infatuation with the Panthers because I love cats. I still love yeah. <laughs> cats, <laughs> and I remember it and like
2: you grew up and you're like John Van Beesbrook's pretty tight. Yeah, dude, that's and exactly what we talked about.
1: Brooke. Yeah, and it's <laughs> but you know that's that's like such a cool part about it is that you're a kid and you know living in Ontario. My my dad is a Maple Leaf fan. Like my dad's dad's a Maple Leaf fan, and so on and so forth. But there was something about that logo when you were a kid that you kind of identify with because it's different, right? And yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. That's I remember, true. I remember being a kid. My my older brother, who I've talked about on the podcast before, his a, a friend of his who like was in his uh, like in his groomsmen and stuff at his wedding. Uh, I went to elementary school with all of them, obviously, and, and I'm quite. I'm, I think I'm like three four years younger than they are. So this guy, I can't remember his name. I think his name's Ryan when when the coyotes were first like a team we used to have like mini sticks that we were able to play outside like on recess um and then those mini sticks turned into those like you know those really shitty plastic like floor hockey sticks that you'd see in your like gymnasium and stuff when you're in elementary yeah. school so we had those and one of our teachers like petitioned for us to be able to play like ball hockey outside at recess and I, I, I'm pretty sure his name's Ryan, but anyways, I remember one day he came to school, and he wore one of two things, a Cartman, like, South Park t-shirt, <laughs> and uh, an Arizona Coyotes, like, the sweater that uh, that Carter's wearing tonight, like, the white uh, Kachina jersey, and the guy had blue hair, and I thought, like, not, this guy's so sick, he's got blue this hair, <laughs> and he loves he loves the Coyotes, dude, that might be a look that you'll, you'll aspire to get at some point uh, in your fandom with the Coyotes, but... Like I remember them being a team, and I was like very into goaltenders. Like I said, when I was a kid, and like I loved Habibulin um, Oh yeah! Like he was so
2: wall, man. dude, he was s- wall.
1: so sick. Uh, you know, for that for that team, and you know, I'm I'm a, like just a total homer for for jerseys and like how how cool they look and and how their like logos have changed and stuff like that. And the cool thing about what was then Phoenix and is now Arizona is like that black Kachina jersey that they like did a throwback night last year. Like that's got to be in my top ten favorite sweaters of all time. So Tim, I'm gonna ask you, do you do you remember like playing hockey and like obviously your brother Ben's a big hockey fan too. Um, yeah. Like, how did the fandom evolve as like time went on? Like, what was it like sitting your dad down and being like, "Oh no, I, I'm a Coyotes fan. Like, I, I'm not a Maple Leaf fan. I, I don't I don't give a <laughs> shit about the Maple Leafs."
2: Oh, he never cared. He, he. The the joke, the joke between me and him was always like, he's like, "Oh, but you, you, you love them deep down in your heart. Like, you love the Leafs. Like, I don't care what you say." Well like, you can keep- never be like, "You're an idiot." Like, what are you talking about? Like, some people I hear like. My dad would disown me if I liked the whatever. Like, he didn't care. He just he just was stoked that we were stoked on hockey, so, so we'd always watch yeah. it together.
1: Did Ben oh, like that? the Coyotes too? Huh? Did Ben like the Coyotes as well? Like, did he follow them Absolutely as closely? He- <laughs> so
2: ben Ben was a strange breed. He uh he 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 liked he liked some strange stuff. And I was right there liking it with him because I was, like, drinking his Kool-Aid. I was like, yeah, you know what? That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, when the little, little uh, fandom story here for you, a little... Uh, so, when the Predators became a team, um, my dad worked with someone I believe was either married to or sisters of Scott Walker. Okay. If you remember him. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, I think he was taken in the expansion draft. Yeah. And when that happened, my brother drew, uh, for his age, a quite... highly detailed um, Predators logo and got him to sign it. And that was like our, uh, that was our Pandora's box, if you will. That was our (laughs) sacred treasure that we would never let anyone get near. That would be the front front sleeve of our hockey binder for a long time. Where is it now? It's it's in his room, just a stone's throw (laughs) away. Now, what (laughs) Uh,
1: team, what team does, because I don't remember Ben being like a, a Preds fan. I mean... This is a good time to be a Preds fan, obviously, but like, what team is he is he following? He's a St. Louis fan, right?
2: Well, well he's he's been a Blues fan for a long time. He's always just been interested with like the oddities of the league, and he's always been, like he was he was also a huge Panthers fan when he played goalie. Like he got his his uh, mask painted like Van beesbrook Like oh, uh, nice, he got some crappy little paint markers and painted the, <laughs> the cabin face on it. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, yeah, like we we always like. Um, we were the anti Ontario hockey fan. Like the Blue Jackets became a team, we were like, oh cool! Like I want to watch more of their games. And like uh, the Panthers were doing well, and we were getting stoked on that. And you guys just, just like change. But, we had, uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't like. We did. We did like change. We just liked it because it was exciting and like yeah. the coolest coolest game on earth. Like era NHL was just the best. Like
0: oh yeah, you know, like
2: between periods and like people getting <laughs> smashed on boards, and it was like this is made for us. That hits. <laughs> Game on sixty four. We not, we still have hit steals and three for GameCube. We play it quite regularly. So if you're there right you. down,
1: dude, we might Alan have to, to make our road movies. trip.
2: We'll do a live <laughs> episode, <laughs> live stream. It gets pretty yeah. intense around here. I don't know.
1: So when uh, you well, we,
0: actually hold on, it tell Ben as a St. Louis fan, as a goalie, I think Allen has the sickest kit in the league.
1: Oh, dude, he looks so sick.
0: He looks pretty like, sick. Those like. He's got, if there's a goalie that can take, like, the looks award, he's got it in my books. He looks fucking wild. Dude, no, it,
1: it, he does. That's, that's like, a, a very, like, kind of, like, astute observation for you, young Carter.
0: <laughs> I love it. Tim, did you ever play hockey growing up yourself, or did you just have, like, did you have a different appreciation for the game?
2: Uh, we played hockey when we were younger yeah like really young for a couple of years and then it kind of came to that point where my dad sat us down and was like so i can put you through hockey yeah or we can have like christmas and like vacations and like you know like we can do other stuff too yeah or we can do one or the other basically and we and and we were we were kind of like ahead of our years at this time because we were just like well we love playing hockey but like that sounds like it's a big pain in the ass so like don't worry yeah about it. it's okay. so we didn't really play very long uh, but you know, we always played road and like, and like ball hockey and like in the gym. We play it at school all the time. Like every, literally any other way we could play it, we'd play it. But yeah, uh, not for very long. The organized ice, at least. Yeah, I, I get because
0: what we were kind of getting now with the first episode is like, like we're we're in a big like judge a book by its cover type phase, and like Chris like started discussing like different archetypes associated with different things. Like you, like Chris and myself, don't look like your typical hockey fan or your like typical like knowledgeable like well, I guess, oh, hockey fan.
1: Hold hold, like, on, hold have, on a second here. There's no way that Tim Waugh doesn't have like some Gong Show gear hide, like hiding in the closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris, do you, or Tim, do you have Gong Show
2: jeans like Chris and myself? <laughs> the only brands, the only brands I wear are CCM and Reebok, bro. No. Um, no, there's none of this, there's none of this uh, made, made famous by Instagram junk in this house. <laughs> Chris, what were the t-shirts that you bought?
1: Uh, Tim, I talked about it in one of our previous episodes, but like I went to a pro image and they had like a shirt rack, uh, like stuff that was on sale and they had all these like sauce hockey t-shirts on sale for <laughs> six bucks each. And I bought, I, like, bought, like, six, like, six or seven of them, or I think I maybe bought more, I don't remember. And I, like, got them home, and I was like, I cannot fucking leave my house wearing this shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's cool. It's just, like, like I said before, like, when you're, like, almost 30 years old, you can't, like, leave the house with a shirt that says, like, you know, bar down, top cheese for the boys, you know? Like, I, no.
2: Absolutely not.
1: They take a look at me, and they're like, yeah, all right, bud you're you're a gr- you're you're just a bender like you can't even play so what do you do
2: yeah like i i'm not uh i was never one of the one of the jocks growing up so the, with the greasy flow and the trucker hat and the or the bass pro shop hat and the with the berries you know, or the Tim's Sperry's, and the berries <laughs> it's, it's not a look i would have obtained personally but so, yeah I guess what I was kind of getting at is like
0: I've been out a few times like I'm unfor- well, not- I guess unfortunately this year but I- I'm a Habs fan and I get a lot of heat for it and I'll go out like somewhere to watch a game at times whether it be in Toronto or Barrie or elsewhere and I'll be wearing a Habs jersey and then these like old guys or like hockey bros will jump down my throat like expecting like one making fun of my team and then when you start like kind of discussing hockey with them, you catch them off guard because you know something about the game. Like, do you ever run into that when you're out in your Coyotes gear? Oh, everybody just assumes
2: I'm some fucking idiot. <laughs> they
1: just think and you're being a funny guy. <laughs> guy. And
2: I'm just like, yeah I, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it looks cool, so I thought I'd throw it on today as another layer because it's a little it matches bigger. my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and they come at me with, like, oh, bro, like, you guys like you haven't even made the playoffs blah 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 this is this is literally like the year after this is like 2003 2000 or 2013 2014 like (laughs) when's the last time you guys even made the playoffs i'm like did you even watch the playoffs like (laughs) last year we almost (laughs) went to the cup final man like it's it's one of those things where no matter what people always just like think lesser of you just because they're they are the, cent- the center of the hockey universe. And when I wanna say they, I like 90% of the time mean Leafs fans, just because that's the people who give me the most <laughs> trouble. So um well, it's think, a location. Yeah, the location <laughs> game other night. I was at the Leafs Coyotes kind of game of the other night. And okay. the there's a guy sitting beside me and just fuming, fuming mad. Uh <laughs> and her his girlfriend was like really nice talking to my dad, like, oh yeah, it's so fun. He's like a coyotes fan, it's so nice. And this, and this guy's like, stupid, stupid. And, and I swear <laughs> to God, he's like, he's like, I bet there's not even one player in the NHL from Arizona.
1: That, oh yeah, is that right?
2: So <laughs> that oh, I, that I looked at him. I just, I just bent over and I looked at him and I just looked at him and then I just bent back. Like, I was, I was dumbfounded, man. And I, and, and what a lot of people also don't get is the Coyotes have literally only been a team for a generation, so yeah. there's not so so it's not like the Leafs where your dads your your you're like you're bringing your kids to the game and then their kids are bringing their kids and it's there's no tradition like there is in most other cities and yeah there's a few teams that are 20 years old and have better tenants yeah yeah I get that I understand but when it's uh, I could honestly I could the attendance thing man I could go on forever with the attendance. But the, um, but the uh, it's it's just one of those things like yeah especially since it's a non traditional hockey market it's gonna take some time for like the regulars to um, become more regular which is a stupid kind of stupid sentence but well it well, in like Tampa. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like, successful doing it too. But yeah, um, it's even on like a grassroots level. I I was reading some. Uh, some information the other day about um, youth hockey, like just exploding in the last couple of years, like kids yeah. like signing up for youth hockey. And Arizona State uh, Sun Devils, I'm pretty sure, are in a, they're a Division One team now in the NCAA. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. hockey. Yeah. So it's like this isn't this isn't like a mistake. Like it's all it's trending up. So um, yeah, it's not. It's like it's taken a while, and uh, you know, it's obviously been the hard way. Yeah, um, But it's, uh, it, it, it's getting, like, people that have been around are, like, happy what's going on. Like, no one is, there's always going to be people that are like, oh, like, oh, I don't know, like, the team's going to move, team's going to move, team's going to move. But, I mean, the NHL wants to find the marina yeah. over moving them any day of the week. Because uh, they just make so much more money in expansion. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and it's that coupled with just the fact that people do care. Like, it's, it's just it's just not the easy way that it's going to be happening. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know.
1: Do you feel well, like, they, the, like the sudden surge of talent and, – and it's not so sudden. Like, you know, we spent a bit of time, um, you know, offline, you and I talking about, like, Clayton Keller and, and, you know.
0: TSN had a pretty crazy tweet the other day asking if Clayton Keller – is, like, going to be the Rookie of the Year, which is, like, a pretty bold statement, just, like, if you take it at face value. But when you start to look into Keller and kind of, like, explore, like, where he's come from a bit more, like, he was basically, like, born and bred in the U.S., like, national system, like, played U18, U17, um, had amazing points and amazing seasons with these development squads and international teams, uh, ended up playing a year with Boston university and came right out of the NCAA, um into Arizona this year. And now he's lighting. He's got 20 points in 23 games. Um, like, do you think that's crazy bold statement by TSN? Now, before you go off, let your, let your Arizona biases uh, to the side and uh oh, just absolutely. kind of so, focus on uh,
2: Keller's like talent itself. If there's anything that rivals my Arizona fandom, it's my uh my my drafting and rookie um fandom. I've always been a big fan of like development and that kind of stuff. but yeah, this year is disgusting for Calder candidates. Like it's a it's nuts, man. Barton's having a hell of a year. Butcher's having a hell of a year. Um there, uh, Brock Besser just even in, more recently has just been flying off the handles for the Canucks. Um, so it'll, it's not going to, and, and, you know, I don't want to make this argument, but like, um, these guys are usually playing with better players. Yeah. And I feel like Keller is our better player. Yeah. So yeah. it, that kind of, and I think that's what the writers kind of see too, because they put out a thing the other day when bars was beating him in points. um, I think another player was up there, uh, and it's and it's not and it's not always just about points. Like it is when it comes to just you know. Um, oh, he's he's obviously. he's making
0: waves in the Coyotes like like you saw Don make and you saw Briere make and like you saw all the, those guys make like back in the day like like Roenick and all those other guys. Like he's he's doing something for for Arizona that far transcends just
2: the points. Yeah, absolutely, and I think. That's kind of, and I think that's, it's a weird statement, but I think that's why he didn't go first or second overall. It's because I think people kind of looked at him and went, uh, and they kind of like second guessed <laughs> if he's the real deal. I mean, they obviously didn't go first because the same year as Matthews, and, but there's, was, there was just like bigger names that like a, a scout would tell you would be a safer bet, like yeah. The Jesse puglia RV is in the uh, Matthew Kachuk's. Matthew Kachuk's having a great career so far, and he is uh panning out really well for the, for Calgary. But um, yeah, he's played effectively sixty nine more games than Keller, and he only has six more goals career goals. So yeah. it's not really a, um, it's not a pissing contest by any means. But I think uh, you don't you don't break. Phil Kessel and Patrick Kane scoring records and, and, you know, don't pan out to be something special. So yeah. I just think he's... Uh, uh, I, I think he's definitely going to trend up. Yeah. You, know, you can always tell when a guys has got a slump, have a sophomore slump, and I just don't think he's one of those guys. But, I mean, I'm not a fortune teller or anything, but...
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of interesting because he, like, he was kind of brought up in the U.S., like, international hockey system, and then played that weird year
2: in nc2a yeah and, i mean he's he's 19 and he's he's under six feet tall and he's like 160 pounds like he's not he's not he's not physically uh sorry oh, he doesn't have a full body yet <laughs> yeah and that but that's the thing like you 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 see him on the ice and he gets banged around and he just like moves around everyone and it's just like so fluid and so i never have oh, to yeah. worry about him Never, no, never, he's never, like never. rubber on the ice. Soap on a rope. Yeah, I mean. So it's it's crazy. Just like maybe like, oh, this is the this is the guy. This is the guy. We we so wanted. Do,
0: do you think he's a real conversation for that rookie thing, or do you think that's yet to be seen?
2: I, I he should be. I mean uh, everyone in everyone in the US sports market tends to think so. And I mean the the net guys are kind of drinking the Kool Aid too a bit, but there's still a lot of <laughs> hockey left. So I don't know. Still yeah, like 60, 60 games left or so, so. Still a lot of hockey left. That's my that's my favorite.
0: Um, I think it's my my favorite thing Leafs fans say.
1: Oh, don't do that.
0: <laughs> still a lot of hockey left, boys. Still a lot of hockey Play left. Plan
1: the parade. Uh, but it's a good point, Tim, and like and I agree with what you're saying. Like he is this like really elusive. Um, he's like a slippery player, you know. You just see him, you know, kind of get away from these big checks because of how quick he is, right? And, um, if you, and
2: if you and if you like, if you watch him make plays, you can watch. Uh, uh, you can watch a Coyotes game and just and just watch his his passes. And lately, they've been putting him with uh, uh, Brad Richardson, who by all means isn't uh, an elite <laughs> player, but. Um, he makes responsible passes, and I think that's kind of what, what they're doing is um, they kind of want to play him with slower guys because he's still going to get a point or two a game, you know. Um, yeah. But Maybe. he's just playing safe and responsible right now because they, they let him loose on the first line once in a while, and that's when he scores or, like, the power play. Um, but yeah, he's in a weird situation because they're developing
0: him, but they need him. Yeah. So, yeah, but you could he, say that yeah, it's like baptism by fire. Like it's like he's he's a really interesting case to watch well, this like, year. Yeah,
2: you 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 wait to the 12 game mark, and that's usually where you start to see kids like cool down. Like their shooting their shooting percentage kind of like, balances out a bit more. Um, but uh, he's still going strong. So
1: the other yeah. one thing I wanted to mention as well was the um some of the acquisitions that Arizona made and, and how some of that's going to be conducive to the development of some of their younger guys. Um, how do you, how do you kind of judge the success that, that they've had? And I'm not being like, you know, cantankerous or I'm not trying to be a dick when I say success. Cause I know that they've had a bit of a slower start, definitely slower than everybody anticipated. But well, we can
2: talk about that slow start if you want, because i can yeah, tell you exactly why that is.
1: Well yeah, we so we can yeah, go for it. Yeah, we can get into it, man. Let's hear it.
2: So there's a French goaltender named Louis Domingue. Pride <laughs> of Quebec. The pride of uh, whatever small town. I think it's like Saint Saint something, I can't even pronounce it. But
1: Saint Hubert.
2: This guy, man. So this, this, this guy, <laughs> I got a bone to pick with this guy. He's a fight on site if I ever saw him. Walk- I'm just kidding. But he's in but,
1: Syracuse, man. he's just down the street. Go over and knock his block off.
2: <laughs> he he was a very solid goalie for us in uh between fifteen and seventeen seasons like between those two years two seasons he was great he played almost half the year both years um he finished with a respectable young backup goalie save percentage um above nine hundred it was like nine twelve nine ten both years yeah um and he won games and he. He didn't win more than he lost, but he definitely didn't lose a lot more than he won. He was really solid for us, and he was on the up. and I was like, you know what, man, maybe this guy's gonna take over Mike Smith's job one day. And <laughs> he came into he came in this year and just sucked. And we didn't give him a, we. It's not that we didn't give him, him a raw deal. Um, oh, he came in on a lot of change. Like I said, like we we got Yomerson, we got Stepan. Um. Ranta went went down really early in the air in the second, uh, the second period of the first game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why he played seven games in a row, basically. But, um, but I mean, this guy got exactly what he needed to prove himself, and he failed, and he showed us exactly what he's gonna be. So I'm glad we traded him. He's so, he let in. Oh, let me see if I can find this here. He let in twenty eight oh. goals in seven games.
1: Yeah, that's it's tough gross. You have, like,
0: you have players like Ekman Larson and Domi and like Dvorak and Fisher and like things like that. It's not like he didn't have that help.
2: But I mean like, like on the front. you can't like, look at it, – it's, it's just one of those things like if you're, if you're going to be a goalie in the NHL, I don't care how bad your team is. You you can't let in. Well, it's not even like his team was against. bad. Like it, It's like he, he
0: had like as much as the record doesn't reflect it, like Arizona has – like, the, the depth and the talent there to, like, sustain at least a 500, like, level Absolutely hockey, like And, and,
2: and if so you it, the games, I can't, I, I'm going to assume, like, you guys didn't watch the first 10 games of the year of the Coyotes, obviously. the I watched you know, a few the of, of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit.
2: <laughs> the whole thing, I got a pvr um, <laughs> you, you watch <laughs> these games and you're, like, you're just blown away. It, it was probably the most frustrating hockey I've seen in years well I, I it, saw the goals because they make the worst reels on, on sports <laughs> day, day. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> so and I mean and it's funny because right before this win streak started literally the night of Yolmerson um, was still hurt but he was in the dressing room and he, I think I think it was a players meeting um, and he basically sat everyone down and he said you're you you're really lucky because on any other team like you wouldn't be playing where you are in the lineup like yeah you look at a guy like Christian Fisher and like you'd be lucky to be playing like he plays on the first line sometimes yeah you know? like, he, he he's not the first line player anywhere anywhere yeah, in the franchise yeah he's he, he's not on our team either but I mean that being said like he wouldn't like a team like Minnesota like he he'd be like a healthy scratch like you know two yeah. or three games a week so. And he just basically said, like, you gotta be better. Like, I have three rings. Like I'm I'm the guy that's gonna be able to tell you that you gotta be good. So Yeah. Uh, and then you know, it, it definitely helped change the and then having guys like Zach Ronaldo, as dumb as it sounds, like we won a game off of a fight from that from that guy. Like he changed the tempo of the whole thing. Yeah. And you gotta have guys like that. You gotta have guys who've been around the League forever, so I'm glad we have more of those that aren't just like junk. Random, like, oh, who's in free agency this year who only gets a million dollars a year? Let's sign him. Who who came to tryouts this year? Yeah, what PTOs can we lock in?
1: There are, but, th- there have been some, like, bright spots, too. Like, dude, I'm forever jealous about Jarmelsson. Like, he's, he's great. I think he's probably one of the best defensive defensemen in the game. And I'm not talking, absolutely. like, you know, you're your stalwart, like, stay-at-home defenseman archetype bullshit. Like, he's genuinely one of the best defensive defensemen in the game, which is fantastic for that team. There are times where it feels almost like they've injected so much youth, thinking that that's what's going to spark the fire. Like, I like Perlini a lot. Like, I think he's been, he's been good. That goal he got on the Leafs the other night was pretty nice. But do you ever feel like they're just infusing so much youth that there is – in a way, like, there's just one end of the spectrum to the other. You've got, like, these more, like, seasoned guys like Derek Stepan and, like, Goligoski, and, you know, Jason Demers was, like, a pretty sneaky good pickup for what Arizona gave up. Do you feel like there's just too much youth in a way that it's, like, they don't necessarily have the experience to get themselves out of these ruts? Or, you know, what's your thoughts on that, Tim?
2: That's 100% what it is. But you got to look at it like this um we're technically we've been bad for a long time but we are technically in year two of a rebuild yeah you can't like you can't go in the blast like five years and say that we were on the up like we were just trying to show up to each game every night some of those couple of those seasons you know what i mean
1: yeah but that second and- that second year are you referring to like chayka
2: well, like I is mean, that symbolized that's what I would the start consider a re- an actual rebuild like the the last don maloney years you know he made some good picks and uh as with g with chica's assistant gm but the it really he never made any of these moves he we had these high picks and we're like we need to start winning we need to we need to trade our seventh overall pick and uh take a chance on this high value defensive prospect and get a Derek Stepan and get an anti-Ranta. Yeah, he true. wouldn't He wouldn't have made moves like that if he was still our GM. We wouldn't have these guys yeah. um, because, I mean, it, it goes down to the ownership too. Like now that we have an owner that the, the bottom line isn't 100% his biggest priority, um, he'll spend the extra cash so we can ice a team of real NHLers. You know, and we're uh, – and and we're still missing, probably in my opinion, our second best defenseman, in uh, in in Jacob Chikrin. Yeah. So yeah. when he's back, like I only expect more like better things. So, um, yeah, I mean, just to the 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 youth thing though is definitely valid because uh, it goes back years. Like we traded, uh, we traded our first round pick. Uh, if, I I can't recall what year it was to uh to philly for i believe it was ray whitney uh and that pick turned turned out to be jeff carter and i think there was a there was a point in time where we were making these trades because we absolutely knew whoever we were drafting probably wasn't going to stick around anyway as you know like at the end of the day like we were just trying to ice a good team and those those veterans like the the piats and the whitneys and the uh, those are the guys that got us to the Western Conference final that year like that was great but it wasn't sustainable and, and I think they kind of knew that but because um, the bankruptcy thing's been an issue since 2009 you know it's not news yeah um, but it, but but now it's like it's like the last two years um, people forget that that is is I'm re- that's really when you can start measuring successes in the last couple of years because everything before that was just a gong show so yeah um, yeah, so it's it's hard to be like optimistic when you start a season like this, but it makes the the three game win streak that much better. There's there's a lot of like you never read about you hear about any of these guys besides Clayton Keller, and you only hear about Ekman Larson when they, we come to Toronto because every it's like clockwork we play Toronto in Toronto, and there's a rumor he's getting traded here. So, <laughs> um, but there's there's like a lot to look forward to. There's uh, our first line in Tucson right now, our AHL team, is Dylan Strom, who obviously everyone knows who Dylan Strom is. Billy! Um, a guy, a guy <laughs> named Nick Merkley, who uh, is an astounding prospect we got in the late first round of, I believe, 2015? Uh, yeah. Um, and then Lawson Krause, who we got from Florida for two third-round picks, and that David Bol- Dave Bolin contract uh, came over with him, too.
1: Dave Boland, uh, that pride of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thank you very much.
2: I saw a few Boland Leafs jerseys uh, at that game. Actually,
1: you need to Just put saying. a you need to put a cigarette burn through all of those jerseys. So they never get worn again.
2: When I went when I went to uh, not not the last time, but the game before, I saw um, a few Vesitoscalo ones too. It was pretty grimy.
1: <sighs> That's dude. You're are you trying to bum me out like on purpose or? <laughs> No, but it, it, it's it's true though. Like I've been watching Tucson a little bit. Um, you know, I, I like Merkley. Like I thought Merkley was a great pick. I think it was like 26th overall. I want to say that year, um, and and he played for like a pretty great Kelowna Rockets team. Um, and you know they, they they've had some success there as well. Um, but yeah, like the cupboards the cupboards in Arizona are full. So I know. You know, we at some point or another had to have this conversation about like, you know, what you what would you change? And what do you think, you know, if you were at John Chayka, like, you know, what what would you do as like kind of like a Homer fan? <laughs> Not a Homer necessarily, but like, you know, as as a fan who's like dedicated to, to the, you know, the success of the club and, and, you know, with relocation looming and all these things that have always been there. What would you do? And, and you know, can you imagine a world where Ekman Larson gets dealt and, you know... What
2: would it be for? Yeah,
1: and I mean, I listen, I'm not trying to be one of those podcasts that's like, you know, where you get two fans arguing back and forth. But in a weird way, like, Nylander is one of my favorite players. But in a way, don't you feel like it would almost make sense for both clubs if they were to have a conversation with those two guys being the starting pieces? Or, you know... What if that's not the way that you would go? What's the direction that you'd like to see the club go, Tim?
2: So, if we were ever to trade Ekman Larson, which I I echo the sentiments of Chika. A, a a conversation involving his name has never lasted longer than five seconds. Quoting him, um, it would honestly. This isn't. This isn't even like fandom. This is like if this if this guy played on a team like uh like in a, in the top 10 of the league like with a lot of other skilled players he would be in the same conversation he'd be in the Norse conversation like every year the yeah. like the, you 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 watch him and how calm he is in the corners and you know diffusing plays and uh like setting up on the power play and just um, the guy never takes a slap shot you know he never he never shoots a, He never overshoots the wraps around the boards and then it's a breakaway the other end like it's like everything he does is just like like someone put a floppy disk in him like how to play hockey it's, there's no there's no holes and yeah the guy makes mistakes everybody makes mistakes but like you can tell you know the difference so i would, if it was the leafs saying yeah like what would you what would you give us for it? Would what would it take? Nylander plus, I honestly, I don't know what I would say, man. Like he, the guy's invaluable. Like he is literally the cornerstone. If if you take him out of the lineup, with no hope. If 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 a stand esque injury happened to that guy, I would. That's like, huge. That's huge. We, it's 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 more or less of, especially when it comes to a team with, after losing a guy like Smith and a guy like Don. Where it's like this, you need someone to rally around. You need a face, right?
1: Yeah,
2: be like, getting there, but like, I don't know. Well, just, it's one of the intangibles.
1: Sure, and like you know, we don't we don't stray away from having conversations. Like you know, Carter and I are still learning about analytics, and like you know, certainly I'm I'm every day trying to like get a little bit more fluent in the conversation and like understand like what makes sense and what's going to help predict future success and like all of these different things. And you know, I, I still think truly like they, there are intangibles. That's what makes the game fun. Like if the game was down to a science, I, I don't know if I would enjoy it as much as I do. Um, and of course it, it makes sense to understand both sides, but it, I I love your perspective on it, Tim, because I think, you know, um, the average kind of Ontario hockey fan, the people that we all grew up with, they they probably don't even know too much that goes on in the Western Conference. It's like, And it's, you know, fans like us that stay up until midnight so we can watch the West Coast games so we can understand, like, what a West Coast bias is and, and, and understand that Ekman Larson, to your point, like, he would be considered, you know, somebody in the Norris conversation every year. And um, everybody says that who, who's seen the guy play, right? Do you think that it would ever come down to him feeling like he can't wait much longer to be on a contender, or do you think everything that you've seen points in the direction that he is that number one defenseman who's going to stick around through this version of the the, the Chaker years or the Chaker rebuild? Do you think he just sticks around uh, because he wants to see it through, or 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 what do you think? Because I mean, he's coming up to to free agency he's going to be a UFA. And I want to say 2019 is it
2: he's this year and next year. Yeah. On, on, on track. So, um, and I mean, they made, they've made some moves to make, uh, to make this kind of more of a home for him. Um, they it, like last year, his mother passed away. And I think that was a big reason why his play dropped off because, but he, he refused to leave the team. So he didn't want to, he didn't want to go home. Uh, he said he was going to finish the season. Um, he left for a bit once he passed away, and then he came back. Or uh, he he left near the end of the season um, when it was already just like a total trash fire, like we weren't doing any better. Um, but he could, have, you know, anyone else could have could have gone, especially in that situation. He knew he knew we weren't making the playoffs. He knew, you know. Um, but he stuck around. Uh, this year we brought in his brother Kevin. Um, to play in tucson i think that was we signed him to that deal because a he's good he's a good hockey player but i also think like to have his family around him after all that you know would be good to insulate him a bit and we brought and we traded for his international d partner uh yalmerson so um i, I think everyone's assuming he was gonna get the captaincy which i still think he will at one point but right now we kept it open out of five alternate to kind of you know just say like you still have to play the game we're not going to throw the, everything in the kitchen sing at you, but they do care about him in some capacity. Yeah. So in, in interviews, I think the only thing he's really mentioned that he might be un, like, unsettled about is the arena situation.
1: For your for your sake and for your sanity, um, you know, the, the Quebec Nordiques, like what Arizona is going to turn into when they move to Quebec, I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Their 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 sweaters are cool. They're not as cool, obviously, but you know they'll they work. No, but joking aside, like you know, I think it's it's super important for a team to be um, in some of those places as somebody who's directly benefited from the development programs in Arizona. Thank you, Austin Matthews. It's it's one of those things where I I appreciate what's gone on and and you know. It's cool to have a a presence in in kind of those non-traditional hockey markets, right? I just think that's fantastic. To wrap up on on this particular uh, topic, who's the unknown commodity on the Arizona Coyotes that is due to have a coming out party uh, aside from Keller? Who's the next big thing there?
2: I would have to say once he's back from his injury, uh, by the end of the year, everyone's going to be talking about Jacob Chikrin. Absolutely, for sure. A kid last year just blew me away, and if he's if he's playing as well as he is last year, and with the consistency and with the players we have now, um, that that kid sky's the limit for him, man. Like he's he's just so smooth. He he gets in and out of the offensive zone, um, undetected. You know he's always back. He's always back on his back check. He's always in the play, always generating offense, and fast as a dart. Um, he's he's a gem. Get it... Trading up for that kid was is gonna be one of the biggest like down the road. It's gonna be in one of those. Oh, it's seven a.m. I'm just cruising Facebook and I can't sleep. The ten best John Chekud moves ever made. <laughs> I, he that kid is just unbelievable. And if you know that's that's my pick for that for next best you know prospect of ours. Um, I also think, um, Brendan Perlini, uh, if not this year next year, I think he's gonna be like a he's gonna be a steady goal scorer for us and it just comes with a better backbone down center like strong like Dvorak is gonna get stronger and all stuff but if everyone grows the way they've been growing I think Perlini too is also gonna have a really good.
1: Alright so thanks Tim for shedding some light on the uh, Coyotes.
0: I kind of ended the last episode with a little bit of um I want to examine Tampa Bay a little bit closer to see if they can be somewhat sustainable um there's a bit of a pattern going on with all of these top tiered and top ranking teams in the NHL where they're starting to show losses to these bottom tier teams. So I've noticed that like teams like Tampa, St. Louis, Vegas, uh, Columbus, which was is surprising the hell out of me this year. And
1: I mean it's a good point. Like we talked about Tampa Bay and you know what what kind of team they were gonna be, and the, the tricky thing about Tampa Bay is I think you know, they've, they've been an elite team for the last couple of years and, and the challenges that they've had have, have, been like roster challenges with injuries. Right. So, you know, we've seen a at, at Tampa Bay come out of the gate hot a little, a little bit more in the last few years. Um, and this year, like, I think they're like, what is it like 15, three and two on the 22nd of November. um, Top top place in the Eastern Conference, top place in the Atlantic Division. I think this is the team that a lot of people expected to see last year and didn't see. Um, you know, so it's great to see a healthy Steven Stamkos. Kucherov's play has been amazing. He's like turned Steven Stamkos into a playmaker, which is hilarious when you think about it. And I think it also shows some of the creativity that that top line has. Um, I believe Nemesnikov has been playing with them on that top line. Um, and Nemesnikov was a guy that, you know, top, like for a long time, kind of topped out as like a, a, a top nine guy for them, played a little bit on the power play. And, you know, they're turning him into re- something really special in Tampa Bay, right? To answer your original question, like, I think, you know, the, the success that they're having shouldn't surprise anybody. I think they, they've always had this great team. Uh, Victor Hedman's looked good this year. Um, you know, and we're also seeing some really great pay, uh, play from, um, you know, their defensive core as well, um, which goes a long way. And for a team that just was just absolutely plagued with injuries last year, I, I genuinely think that they're the real deal. Uh, and in the Eastern Conference, it's really great to see just the success that they've had right off the go. And and uh, as I said, as a fan, not a fan of the Lightning in particular, I am a fan of, of Kucherov, and it's been great to see him kind of have his coming out party the way that he has
2: yeah tim well i mean you can't really it's it's weird to think of stamp coast as like a regular guy because i mean the 16 17 year he played like what like 16 17 games or something yeah yeah and then uh and then the year before that like um he almost played a full se- he hasn't he hasn't played a full season like i think 14 15 was his last full season that's yet. right um and like the guys, the guys just snake bitten. He's there's always something wrong. And if he goes down again this year, like knock on wood, like I would be surprised. But <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's it's that they did so well without him, and he's one of the best players in the league. He's one of the best players in the world. Yeah. So of course, yeah, guys like guys like uh, Kucherov and like who are just like touched by the by the hand of God when it comes to scoring. It's like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's gross. It's like,
2: Unreal. They're only gonna get better. And like Nemesnikov, you know, he's. He's a younger guy. I think he's like 25 or something. He's he's an RFA still. He's uh, the the thing that Iserman. He's really he's really broken that stereotype on like X players can't be head office guys because this guy's always just churning. He's he's always churning the roster. He's always okay. Who's who's getting like at the end of their value to us and like he's not afraid to make moves like Bishop. Like if you said. If if any other GM in the league had the bishop and uh, uh, Vasilevsky tandem, and they traded bishop, you'd be like, who is this? Like that's the stupidest move you could do. And a lot of people were just like, what are you doing? What are you? What was the what was the return on that? Like a first and Roland McEwen and yeah, it was like a, it was it was like a pretty it was like a rebuilders package. Like you would you yeah would think, that, but he has faith in. Vasilevsky, as he should. Vasilevsky's a great goalie. He showed us that in the world. He showed us that um, in a bunch of different international tournaments. He's a great goalie. But, you know, you see Bishop and you see his, like, oh, he's 6'6", and, like, all this stupid, like, I call it sports center data that people throw at you. (laughs) It's true, man. He's had three haircuts this year. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Leaves the league in the mustaches for November. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, like it's, It's one of those things, like, he and he's he's not afraid of saying, Hey, you know what, I'm gonna throw Braden Point in the playoffs and just let him run rampant and he had a crazy postseason last year. So he's he's just he's not afraid to make those those risks and he's not afraid to um uh, and also the way he manages the cap is ridiculous, man. When I when when he was hey when he had to sign Stamkos, he had to signed Pilat, he had to sign Johnson, he still signed oh he signed Kucherov to three years, I think. Anyway.
1: Yeah, the, on uh, that Central little still
2: RFA, by the way. Yeah. In two yeah. years, like Jesus Christ, how how does this guy have this ice this team? So they're gonna be good for a long time. Yeah, and they're amazing now. So if they don't win a cup in the next three or four years, I'm gonna just I'll eat my hat. The thing that's <laughs>
1: gross about that team too, like to your point, Tim, is that when when they've lost depth, and and I say depth like loosely, but like they lose Drew to Montreal, and they upgrade the back end with Sergeyev. Sergeyev, like we talked about him at length the last episode, like I think he's probably one of the best, you know, younger defensemen. Um, and I watched him play a little bit with oh. Windsor last year. And, and Oh yeah. Like, man,
2: if, if, if the if the Calder race wasn't so stocked full of like high end school, like talent this year, he'd probably be one of the regular, he still might even be in a conversation at the end of the year, but like he's having a great year.
1: Yeah. No, he's been great. And, you know, you're starting to see, like, I'm just looking at their, like, expected lines for the last little while here. And, um, you know, Braden Point, like you said earlier, he's been really great. Tyler Johnson had, like, kind of a bit of a quiet start, but now he's starting to get it together a little bit as well. And I'm just looking at their top five prospects, because every prospect pans out in Tampa Bay. Like, it's disgusting how well that that team drafts. So, like, Sergachev's considered their number one prospect, but he's obviously play, paying, playing with the big club now. But they still have Brett Howden, who played in Moose Jaw last year. He's playing in Syracuse for the the Crunch, their AHL team. Um, he seems to be doing pretty well. He's a big boy, 6'2", 193. Um, and, yeah, he's he's been pretty, pretty exciting for that team. Um, Taylor Radish, who is, like, one of the top... Uh, forwards for Erie last year. He's expected to be on the team in the next couple of years. Anthony Sorelli, Callan Foote.
0: I was joking with Chris about Yanni Gordon, everything like that, and how he was kind. Of, he's kind of been like not flying, like he's been a favorite in Tampa, but flying under the radar, like for the rest of the NHL. He's basically made his career and snuck by every year, like renewing his contract, being just kind of that 500 hockey player, that like, that man you can go to, you know what I mean? Okay. yeah.
2: And that's that's kind of the thing with uh, Stevens too, just because you know he's he's defense first. He everyone views him as like a captain, captain qualities. Like he's a leader, uh, but then he's he's quiet. You know, he's not a flashy guy. He's not one of the he's not one of the bigger names here unless you really watch yeah. UPTs. And then, but like he he'll he'll get ten points in seven games in a tournament. You know? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I like him a lot. It's it's, but it's one of those things like you can't, you know. Don't count your chicks till they hatch. But
1: I think too, like the thing with the crunch is that they tend to like over marinate their players quite a bit until the team's ready. Uh, yeah. You know, until people the team's... make
0: make careers out of the crunch. <laughs> like it's...
1: well, like if you know, you mentioned Yanni Gord a little while ago. Like, that's a perfect example of a guy who's, you know. Yeah,
2: you haven't heard. You haven't heard of Yanni Gord. Until this year, I guarantee. See, like that's I'm what Indiana's I'm.
0: That's like, what I'm saying. Like
1: he's. And he's 25. Oh, yeah. Like, like he's. He's a 91. 90. Yeah, he's. A, he's an older guy. I don't. I don't know what ends up happening personally with Yanni Gord. Like he's been playing well on the on the second line, uh, yeah. in Tampa, which is good. Carter, you wanted to talk a little bit about Anders Lee as well, which all of that like when we <laughs> talked about Anders Lee on, in the car ride home this afternoon before we got ready for the show. Um dude, like that's crazy. Drop, drop some knowledge on the listeners about our boy Anders Lee.
0: Anders Blund, Blunders Lee?
1: <laughs> dude, he straight what? up looks like a dentist.
0: Yeah, look at those teeth. Well, that's just that's NC2A hockey. He's just a He's a beauty player in the university system, right? Yeah, because he hasn't
1: had any of his teeth knocked out because he wore a full cage his entire time in Notre Dame.
0: He <laughs> yeah. can't see if he doesn't have lines in front of his face. <laughs> but, uh, no, so what really surprised me about Andres Lee, and it got me thinking about the, the second and third lines of these top-tier teams, um, Andres Lee was drafted uh, 2009. Um, he went to the Green Bay Gamblers, then played for Notre Dame for three years, then uh, eventually got called up to play with the Islanders, um, went back down to their development squad for a bit, then came up and was playing with Tavares and Bailey in 2016, 2017, played for Team USA. Phenomenal hockey player. This year he's got 11 goals, uh, 10 assists in 20 games. Like, and he's, like, if, if you don't, if you're not, like, paying attention, he's flying right under your radar. And I feel like that's, the like the, these second third line guys are the unsung heroes that these teams aren't leading on and they're just letting them fly and operate. Like Lee like took me for, for a loop
1: when I found out what kind of season he was having. Did you Islanders again yeah. are one
2: of those teams where guys just go up and down the lineup like Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey twenty three points. Old Bulls- yeah. Bill, Ontario native. <laughs> <laughs> what a beauty. He looks like a he looks like a year-round Christmas elf. Like, <laughs> he's honestly like just for, what a ball from grace, and then right back in it. Like he was a first-round pick, I'm pretty sure, and uh, like a high pick, like like ninth or tenth or something overall in 2008. Yeah, that's right. And just comes out of the gate um, this year, at least. You uh, he, he he always kind of slowly crept up. Always got some FaceTime with Taveras, Always kind of you know, and then they would. You'd, you'd feel like they were going to do – he was going to do better, and then they'd, they like, make a move to get some clown like Grabovsky or something. Oh, yeah. He, well, I, I do... he, His ice time would kind of get affected, and then it's like, okay, well, it's, what's Josh Bailey's deal, man? Like, what's, once he – and, like, he's got the raw deal a few times, but he's finally, like, killing it, which is awesome. I always thought he was that kind of player. He's, he has 19 assists. Yeah, like, he's, he, he's,
0: like, he knows where to put the puck. Yeah, man. It's like, cr- uh, I, uh, yeah. Like, what do you guys think? That. Like, of so, Andres was typically like a second line, third line player. Now they put him up with Tavares and Bailey again. Um, like, what do you guys think of like bringing Eberle on and then burying Eberle and moving Andres up? Like, Eberle's down with
2: Ladd and like,
1: you know, well, go ahead, Tim. It's
2: like sharing the wealth, like, yeah, I guess if so. Mean, if you can get a guy like Eberle. I don't care where he plays. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not gonna cry if he's not on the first line. Like your depth wins you championships. From what Anders has brought to the table in New York,
0: I feel like he should be playing on this support system on the second line and letting Everly fly on the first line.
1: Yeah, but they don't. Yeah. They don't have to necessarily. Like, so I'm just looking at the. I'm on Daily Face Off, great website for those of you guys who like lineup combinations. So Anders Lee's been playing with Tavares and Bailey. And on the first line, and the same thing for their first power play unit, their power play units, the exact same, the first one. And then on uh, the second line, they've got Ladd playing with Barzal and Eberle. So I think they're probably leveraging the the great start to the season that Barzal's had with, with Eberle to try and get yeah. a bit of a spike in performance from Andrew Ladd, who played like I said last episode, worst contract in the Eastern Conference, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like he's just not the guy that he was on those, you know, those really successful Chicago teams and, and even when he was the captain of Winnipeg. But yeah. like 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 Tim said, like this team's so like their their top nine's real deep. Third line, yeah. you still have Josh Hosang, who's been pretty sneaky good when he's been playing, obviously. He got sent down to Bridgeport a couple times. Yeah. But he's been good, and their fourth line's like a traditional kind of checking line. You got um, Sizikas and, and Clutterbuck, and you know, fill in the third Cal person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Their defense kind of worries me because I find that the defense, it, the, the, the defense there isn't isn't deep. You've got uh, the uh, and that's it. <laughs> well, you got Boyd. Like I love Nick Letty. I think Nick Letty's an, an underrated guy. Um, they've got uh, old. You know, Dennis Seidenberg Pride of Germany uh, you know on their on their bottom uh, defensive pair and I think the 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 most telling thing about this team my first thing is what are they gonna do with Ryan uh, Ryan uh, Pollock um I think he's been great he's played in Bridgeport forever the guy's just like kind of sitting there. Big, huge slap shot on the power play. Big right hand shot. So I'd like to see what they end up doing with him because I think if they give him a chance on the back end, it could be really interesting. Uh, as as somebody you could slot behind Boychuk on the right handed side, and their goaltending is brutal. Yaroslav Halak is not the the Halak that you know we saw play for Montreal and made Montreal stressed out about whether they were going to keep Halak or Price. That's he's not the same guy anymore. And he even spent a bunch of time in Bridgeport and they were they were running on uh, Thomas Grace. But I don't know, like, I, I get what you're saying, Carter, about, like, you know, you don't want to bury any of these guys. But I think on a team like New York, which is, has been dynamic and has been, I think they've exceeded yeah. some expectations so far because they don't want Tavares to come to the Maple Leafs. It's just been yeah. one of those things. <laughs> it's been one of those things where, uh, you know, you hope that they're they're trending in the right direction, so that you know at the end of the day, that's like the big glaring thing is does Tavares end up leaving? And uh, yeah,
0: well, that, it was just surprising to me because there's so much smoke about bringing Everleigh to the Islanders and having Tavares and Eberle play together again, like they did in like the IHF. So um, I just I just thought it was interesting. Well, it was nice to see that they're finally like giving Andres Lee what he need, what like credit that's been due. Um, but it was just interesting to see all the smoke around them two playing together again, and then Everleigh finding himself in a different house, you know. Definitely. So that that was my my bid on Andres Lee and and the uh, the Islanders and how they kind of took down the uh, the Tampa Bay winning streak. Um, and then I guess as I was talking about like this this paradigm shift happening and um, all these top tier teams losing to these teams. Um, that didn't have the best start out of the season, but they're starting to make a really big turnaround. Um, so, like Toronto lost to the Coyotes, and um, they sure did. <laughs> sure um, and Arizona went on a bit of a tirade. Um, their last three against uh, Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto, um, like going three 2 and zero in their last five, um, and then heading back home to the Western Conference. Um, like the goal scores, like you saw, you saw Duclair with the hat trick against Ottawa, which is
2: pretty wild. Tim, what do you think about that? Well, <laughs> you gotta say, you gotta say you're uh, you're a little worried when you make a deal um, for a guy like Duclair because that 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 Keith Yandle trade was basically to get uh, Anthony Duclair because uh, um, at the time, you know. He was just coming off that uh, that uh, winter with the uh, Max Domi at the World Juniors, and uh, yeah, the, the chemistry was there, and he's he's a great player regardless. You know, it's so you get worried when you see this guy score like one goal in every twenty games, and yeah, um, so that last year was kind of rough uh, for him, especially. I like, can only imagine like a guy, especially in a team like this, like this is your chance to be a top like a goal like a point leader. You know, and you're effectively blowing it, so to speak. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Like he came back this year. Like he's he's been pretty consistent. Um, he has like six goals. Uh, I think like 11, 11 points. Yeah. Um, and he's and he's getting he's he's going he's been healthy scratch too. He's scored in a game and been healthy, healthy scratch the next game. And I think it's talk it just being like you know what like there's no. Like, yeah, you scored a goal, but what would you do for me lately? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a full – you got to play a complete game if you want to um, – because we're trying to build a culture, I think, of not just, like, good enough, which I think Dave Tippett really did with yeah. – uh, especially guys that got comfortable like Hansel and um, basically Inverbata, like guys that, you know, still produced, but, like, because they were playing half the game. So um, – Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying any, like they're not like they're bad players, but you look at look where they are now. Like Verba had a hat trick early this year. I don't know how he's doing now, but like he hasn't really popped up off the score chart much else than that. And I'm, he's definitely not playing as many minutes. I feel and Hansel's hurt all the time, the glass giant, you know, as always. <laughs> <laughs> but traded him to Minnesota. That's right. For a first and a third and a conditional pick uh, that I believe stayed a fourth. Yeah. Um, but basically we have we used their first round pick last year cuz we traded ours away and now we have their second next year which we don't have our own so now we have a second pick for that. that's good and then we have their fourth in 2019 so and that was all for a guy who probably uh yeah, I mean check the numbers but uh, he couldn't have had more than like five or six points for them in the playoffs so uh and i mean chike is like John Cheik is just makes those kind of moves. Like, he sees, he takes advantage. Like, he'll take advantage of a team that wants something they have.
1: Thanks for checking out episode three, guys. We really appreciate it. Thanks to Tim Waugh for joining us. You can follow along. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You can follow us uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at hosers And feel free to subscribe and uh, rate and review if you feel so inclined on SoundCloud and iTunes. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for checking it out.
2: Picture comment for picture comment. Get on my whore train. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, thanks, Tim.